I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with Science and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and today I am joined by my teammates, Ryan, who runs Rate Your Charge, really important service for seeing how charging is going out in the field, Kyle, who of course runs Out of Spec, and our special guest, Merchie Bautista, Chicagoan and YouTuber, amongst many other things. And today we're covering a big story, a bit of a worrisome story that has come up during the insane cold weather front that we have felt all over the U.S. I know that I'm feeling it here, including the freezing over of Chicago and the stranded freezing EVs that are on the road and stuck at superchargers up there. So welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. Thanks for coming on, you guys. How is it going? Everyone's staying warm enough? Yep, I've been doing some cold weather testing through the night, so uh, got that nice Arc'teryx jacket. Remember you made me buy that thing, Francie? And uh, that thing rocks. I've been so warm through the night. It was you good. You found it. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I did find it. Yeah, I was in the Sprinter. Yeah, Kyle didn't have a winter jacket, and he would go to Norway in the winter. So, you know, thought maybe that was a good idea. And Ryan and Murchie, thank you. Um, so Murchie, thank you for coming on to the podcast. You're actually on the scene in Chicago and you've even ventured out to really check it out. But I want to start with a little bit about you. So tell me a little bit about you and what you drive. Okay, so I currently, I currently drive a Ford Mustang Mach-E first edition. So I've had her since uh, February of 21. I've already got her over 50,000 miles I've done uh, about three to four different road trips, including from L.A. to Chicago. Nelson did one from Chicago to Toronto and recently from Chicago to New York for a drive electric week. So it's been it's been a great car overall. I, I absolutely love her. Oh, good. That's great. We love to hear a love story with your EV. We have a lot of those on the team as well. And you're up in Chicago where it's it's already a cold 
winter there. You know, I've had friends that lived there for a while and it is, you need those big jackets. It's also a really wet cold, but what specifically is happening on, on the roads? You know, I was, uh, we were looking into the temperatures, very, very cold on Sunday and Monday. It's a holiday weekend. So people are arguably out and about if they have MLK day off and, um, it was like what negative eight degrees Fahrenheit wind chills around negative 30 and negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, clearly that's very dangerous on its own. Yeah. It's a pretty dangerous condition. Not only that, cause you have like the ferocious wind just like howling at the car, howling at your, at your windows too. Like, you know, I'm sleeping, t- I'm always sleeping last night. And I could just hear the howling, just like howling nonstop. And you know, with the dangerous conditions, um, you know, Everybody's trying to stay warm as best they could. You know, here in Chicago, we're getting the lake effect weather, and also like the all the all the all the uh, Arctic cold is coming from the North Pole, shooting straight down at us. So we're in that pocket where it just gets really more cold, colder than most other par- uh, parts of the country. Man, it sure does. And so I know Kyle and Ryan. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about. You know, of course, when I start up my ice Subaru, I, I let it warm up and stuff. But how is that different from getting up and getting into your EV on a freezing cold morning or night or day? Fry guy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it's it's a, uh, a little bit easier. So you don't have to wait until like your oil temperature, transmission temperatures come up to speed. However, it's still a vehicle. There's a lot of moving parts. And when it's really cold, that changes a lot of material properties. And it's a good idea to take it gentle for the first few miles, at least if you can. And additionally, an important thing to consider is that cold temperatures affect battery chemistry. So that's going to affect both your range, efficiency, and charge, or I guess all three of those, range, efficiency, and charging. You should expect much worse efficiency, worse range, and slower charging if you're not able to get your battery up into the right temperatures. And I'll just add really quick, sorry, but uh, Ryan, you're totally right. I did a test, it's on YouTube as of today when we were recording this podcast, where I you know, deep froze my Model 3 again, which I've already done in a previous video, and it had like no acceleration. And But you, know, you give it five minutes and it runs the battery heater and it's ready to go. We're talking extreme cold. Now my Rivian, as an example, actually just got a software update, it's pretty cool. When it's plugged in, it will also maintain the battery temperature all the time at a reasonable level, somewhere probably around freezing, where it can at least accept some amount of charge and it can still discharge a bunch. It's when you get into the negatives that pretty much, you know, lithium iron phosphate or NMC chemistry really struggles with discharging and recharging. And like my Rivian the other day when it wasn't plugged in, started in turtle mode. Murchie, I saw your Mach-E showed up as reduced power turtle mode. These are the things that we have to deal with with an EV. And to be honest, combustion cars too. I'm not starting up my Polestar 1 and going wide open throttle out of the driveway when it's negative 10 out. And, and you know, you can go wide open throttle in an EV, but it's not going to give you much power. It, there's really nothing you can do to hurt an electric car. There's just so many restrictions so that it can protect itself from hot and especially cold. One thing you can do with an electric car, and we I really want to just focus on the Chicago situation, but one thing you can do with an electric car is preheat it when it's plugged in. So every morning, 
10 minutes, 15 minutes before I head out, I load up the Tesla or the Rivian app or whatever. My e-golf doesn't have an app, but I load up whatever, boom, hit the precondition, car's warm, battery heater's been running, I have full performance, everything's toasty, and it's way better than even a gas car. Because if I leave it for an hour, well, I don't care. I'll just let the thing stay warm. It's not like I'm running an engine because you don't want to let a combustion engine idle for too long. Anyway, you'll build up some moisture and that could lead to um, you know premature wear inside the engine. So with an EV, it's, it's less stressful. The problem with an EV in the wintertime comes from if you can't charge at home or you're on the road and you need to charge. And that has led to the disaster in Chicago. And to be honest, in Colorado this winter, superchargers were down here last night. Um, Max is at chargers today testing them. He pulled up to a charge point station. Three of four are down. So like things suffer in extreme cold. So Murchie, what happened in Chicago? So I think what's happening here is a triple whammy because as of late, the EV scene here has been increasing, has been increasing tremendously. So a lot of people are getting the EVs now, but a lot of people here don't even have their own garages. They have nowhere to plug the vehicles at home. So they're relying on DC fast charging to do the charging. Sort of like the, their, their, their mindset is about the whole gas station model you're going to call up to the station you're going to try to fill up and many of them do fill up to 100 percent. i try to educate them as i as i'm pulling up to a station but listen you want to stop at 80 percent. but you know many of them i would say like i want to i want to say all of them but some of them just completely ignored it and they just want to continuously charge to 100 percent. so i really think it's a triple one what's happening here but also too um you have many people that are still going out and about Chicago is a very active city, no matter what day, day or time it is. And people are going to be going out and about, and they're going to need to be doing the charging. And so what I've noticed with my Maki is, is that I've lost about a good 40 to 50% of my battery range. And so you're going to be needing to charge your vehicle twice as much if you're going to be out there actively. Now, for example, I'm actually doing lift. And so when I'm doing lift out there, I have to be doing charging. And normally I just charge it once a day. I'm able to do like a good 10, 12 hour shift and needed to do just one charge a day. Um, yesterday, I could only, I was only able to do about four and a half hours to five hours before I had to recharge again. And so I think that's what's happening in Chicago. Um, you know, many people just don't have a place to charge or even like a garage or, or some people don't have garages because like here in Chicago, many people just live in apartment buildings that doesn't have garages. And, and they love to set the stage. Sorry, Murchie, to set the stage. Also, we should mention like, you're not the only one noticing this. The news organizations have been picking it up. We yeah. did a rate of charge. It was so bad that Ryan activated for the first time. I mean, we're only two weeks into the new year, but Ryan activated the new rate your charge alert system, which, uh, you know, basically was like, and we retweeted your stuff. That's, that's how we we're like, at first I was like, ah, it's just Fox news doing a story on EVs. But then like, Rate your charge check-in started coming and you started posting. I'm like, wow, maybe Chicago really is a disaster. And it truly was. There were down chargers. Everything was full. And um, yeah, we'll get into more about how that's more of a problem. But sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to set that stage. No, absolutely. That's that's totally fine. And I think like, and yeah, you're, you're even right. Like, It's not even just Fox News. It's also ABC. And even our local channel, WGN, has actually reported about the Tesla's, uh, Tesla stations. Why they're focusing on Tesla? Probably because like when it comes to EVs, people think about Teslas. They don't think about any other EVs like the you know Hyundai or Kia or even at the Ford Maki. They always think about the Tesla because that's like the, the big thing that people always talk about. But I uh, think um, so. The problem is it's not just the Teslas now. It's really just like other EVs. 
on my way here, I wanted to stop into the charging station where, uh, where, where the closest to my parents' house, the one I normally used to used to use before for the EA uh, that is right off the I-55. And that site, when I got there, it was a complete disaster. So there are there was two vehicles I got told uh, six in the morning, and they're still there, and the owners are nowhere to be found. And then you have other EVs that are waiting to there to charge the vehicles at the moment right now. And the worst part about it is that the the EA stations, three out of four of them, are derated. So there was an ID4 owner that was only getting about 72 kilowatts versus uh, another boat owner. He was only able to get 24 kilowatts. So that's also a problem that's been happening here too. You have to rely, first of all, you have to reliability problem with EA. But we do have EVgo stations that most people have been using now. And they've been more reliable. They've been proven to be, they've been proven to be more reliable, which is good. But um, I think the big problem here, I really think, what's happening here in Chicago is that the fact that you know people are buying EVs, but they don't have garages. They have nowhere to plug their vehicles, and and so it's creating this uh, problem where they're still out and about and they're having to charge twice as much, and they're waiting for hours. I've had one person that I was talking to; he was waiting for a good five hours before he had to charge his, his vehicle. Sitting in the cold for five hours. I don't think that's a wise thing to do. But crazy. And we should also mention, like, sure, chargers can be derated. That's one side of things. But we we also did a video about a year ago where I deep froze a Model Three. And so, what was the actual temperatures in the middle of the night? What was the coldest you got? The coldest I got was like about twelve degrees Fahrenheit, negative twelve degrees Fahrenheit. That's before wind chills. Wind chills were looking at thirty five. Yeah, but the wind chill doesn't affect the battery on the car. It just goes to ambient. It, the wind chill will just get it there faster. Um, so you're negative 12. We were about the same here. I actually did a video in a little bit colder temperatures than that last year where um, you know I parked a Model 3 performance at a supercharger and left it for a day to freeze similar to like someone waiting five hours in line and then i you know got it to the supercharger and plugged it in and it wouldn't charge and this is a lot of the stories that i'm hearing online of like i can get my car to the charger i waited in line and then i plugged it in and it didn't work and Honestly, most of those conditions, I would imagine, are is actually not the charging infrastructure. It's probably the car not accepting a charge. And then you have to think about, okay, well, the car's not accepting a charge because most cars are NMC chemistry, especially LFB, hates to charge in the freezing as well. And they actually have to run the battery heater enough to get to the point where they can start accepting a charge and then it can run the battery heater and use the waste heat of charging to hopefully get a good session. But it took almost one hour for my Model 3 to even start accepting a charge at the supercharger. Um, and so this is not uncommon. I just think people are not so aware of what happens when you don't precondition to a charger or you do precondition to a charger and then you wait there for five hours. And to, on top of that, the wind portion of this really works against you because ambient temperatures are one thing, but with the wind chill or with wind flowing across, that's just harder that all the systems need to run to get the battery heated up. Now, I am sure that there is a temperature at which an electric car cannot heat up its battery to accept a charge. I don't know what it would be. And, it, and the wind portion would be a factor. But I think we probably saw some of that yesterday, especially from those Tesla stories, because I would imagine most Teslas there, even though it's Chicago, are still the single motor 
base model threes because they're just such a good value. And just like Ryan has one as well. And Ryan, we, you're doing a test tonight on this actually, which will be interesting, but the single motor model three doesn't have much ability to heat up the battery quickly. It has to run the heat pump with the waste heat from the motor. And in a dual motor model three, it can run two motors worth of waste heat, double the heating power and heat pumps are not very efficient in really cold temperatures. Tesla stuff is pretty amazing. They can make it work, but it's still not as great as if it's plus 12 degrees versus negative 12 degrees. And what I think was happening, especially if it was windy, where probably some of these Teslas did not have enough heating power to let them accept a charge. And so, you know, you can call it, you know, I, I originally looked at the story and I was like, oh yeah, okay, Fox News hates EVs, whatever, all this stuff. But then I'm like, actually, this is a real problem if you're a user and you don't know how to optimize your car in the winter time. So Murchie, does that sound about right? I know you were at some EA stations. Some of the new stuff was at Tesla. I think that was leading to, of course, some of the lines, some, of course, people just being selfish and hogging the charger to 100%, especially in cold weather, which can take hours, even longer. Plus, it seemed like some down Tesla equipment for sure, but also some EA equipment. Does that kind of sum up what was going on? Absolutely. 100%. I think many of these EV owners are not educated well enough to know how to operate and what to know how to use an electric vehicle as far as like preconditioning, um, getting your vehicles up, uh, optimized for when you're about to go to a charging station, knowing when to charge, when you begin charging or when to pull out when you're done charging. I've spoken to a few more people, um, not only just today, but yesterday as well. And, you know, an example of what they don't know is that I have a boat, there was a boat owner I was talking to, and they were charging at a 350 kilowatt EV go station, and they're wondering why they're not getting the 350, and I told them that's because it goes up to 350, your vehicle can only accept at max 52, if you're lucky to get 52, but at 50, and you know, there's, and, and then I pretty much have to show them by graph, I didn't show them like by Google, like listen, your vehicle can only accept up to, up to 50, versus my Mach-E, and I told them my example for my Mach-E, at peak, maybe 160 or 150 but then that's about it and so they're kind of getting themselves screwed but the other thing too i want to kind of want to comment about the uh, the tesla base model i think you're absolutely right what's been happening in chicago a lot of them are the base models and that's because uber has been renting out the base model teslas for the drivers and not only that they're also renting out the bolt uh evs and that's the other reason too why many of these stations are getting full because they're getting clocked up by the uber drivers who are renting them and so they're all using them for for uh for for their daily driving when they need to when they need to work and so they're waiting hours and hours just to get the charge just so they can get back to work so that's the other reason why many of these stations are getting full too that is crazy. I mean, um, the thing is, DC infrastructure for the longest time, up until, right, I don't know, two years ago, something like this, was used exclusively for long-distance driving. And pretty much anyone that had an electric car, this is before there were EV rental cars or Ubers were, were renting them out, um, you know, pretty much they would, everyone would just charge at home. And, and if, you, if you couldn't charge at home or couldn't charge at work, you wouldn't buy an electric car because it's annoying to have to deal with what you're describing. But I think with the value propositions of EVs getting so good, with them becoming more mainstream, more usable, more normal, especially under normal weather conditions, it's like, yeah, I'll just supercharge it once a week, whatever. And if it takes me an hour, who cares? The problem is in the winter time, that hour can turn into a lot more. And, uh, and this is, we're talking deep charges and, and, you know, 
I think so. Denver was the first or one of the first cities where Lyft used e Neros. And so that was like the first pilot of ride sharing with EVs was here. And EA and sort of collaboration built a ton of CCS chargers around the Denver metro area. We actually have way more CCS chargers than superchargers in our in our area. And I knew it was going to be a problem. This would happen uh, like, I don't know, two and a half years ago, whenever that happened, when I rolled up to a station and there was just a line of Neros and I'm like, no one is able to publicly charge. And so what I think needs to happen is we need to, obviously, yes, there needs to be more infrastructure, but perhaps there needs to be a distinction between commercial use and personal use. Or maybe we just say, hey, first plug gets whoever it is. There needs to be work from the automakers to improve the communication to the driver as how to optimize their car in winter conditions. There needs to be uh, work from the automakers to have better battery preconditioning. And um, of course, not just crap charging, because even on a nice day, a bolt charges like crap. Um, so these are all of the the topics. And, and I think you got totally slammed by every angle at, at one weekend in Chicago, and it led to a disastrous situation. Yeah, because yeah. like at this at this point like at this point I'm actually kind of going to limit myself from doing Lyft this week just because it's just a disaster zone to, to charge up there. But luckily, I have my charging uh, plug downstairs in my condo, and I'm just going to charge her up until like maybe 80, 90 percent, and then maybe I'll do a couple hours of Lyft. But that's about it. Normally, I'd be out there for about 10, 12 hours, but this week it's just a disaster zone. And I don't want any part of it because it's it's really bad out there. No, it's definitely kind of, it's a storm of a lot of things coming together at once. And I think it is interesting that the Tesla story was covered because not only does Tesla do the supercharger network, but also the EVs. And I saw the opinions of drivers that are calling Tesla, maybe knowing that it might not be the car's fault, but not getting the response from Tesla. So it is a unique position that they come from as well, where, you know, it's the EV and the infrastructure paired together, not working. So yeah, as of now, there's still lines. There are cars that are like just abandoned, stranded, need to be towed, have been towed, still really cold, don't really see a re resolution real quick, but um, I think this does, like you were summing it up, Kyle, EV 101 is so important and dealerships have to be given more and more tools to do that. I don't really know like what the solution is besides that. The touch points that we have with EV customers are limited, but I don't know. It's, it's a whole learning curve, which it shouldn't be that hard. But with winters getting more and more cold, summers getting hotter and hotter, uh, it, of course, goes back to manufacturing and interoperability and all that stuff. But also, yeah, giving the drivers information that they need to try to have the best experience. But it seems like everyone should just stay home if they can. Well, yeah. and But the thing is, your car should never limit you. This is what frustrates me, is I can live with an electric car in all climates because I know how it works. I would never expect some random person who's rented one, rented a bolt to drive Uber for a week to understand how it works. You should be able just to plug it in and use it as a normal car. And to be honest, we are still too, EVs are still weird and they're still quirky and they are not as easy to operate as gas in these extreme situations. So Ryan, why don't you give us some final thoughts? You're someone who owns one of these base Teslas. You're one of those guys dying at the supercharger. Uh, what would you do in that case? What What is Ryan's top tip if you're five hours in line at a supercharger and you're low on charge? What would you? What would be the first thing you would look at? Uh, well, I think the first thing uh, I would try to do is 
plan around this. Generally speaking, we know when bad weather's coming in. And if possible, if it's like negative 27 degrees, if you can, try to stay inside. Um, but if you do have to go out, I think, uh, especially with how bad it, are, it, it tends to be with city centers between all the different charging stations, it's still just so congested. It may still be worthwhile to you know, save an extra 15-ish, 20% state of charge and drive 10 or 15 miles out of the city to get to a charger that has some availability. Uh, I think a lot of it really comes down to trying to plan for it. The unfortunate thing is if you run up to a charger, it's very full and you don't have enough charge to get somewhere good, there's not a lot of good options. Yeah, maybe just looking on plug share to find a level two and going to grab a hot dog. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say grab a beer, but we can't recommend that while driving. So you grab <laughs> grab something and uh, you know just, just wait while your car level two charges. Ultimately, if you're at really low state of charge and it's really cold out, this is worst case scenario for your battery pack too. So you want to think about protecting your battery at all costs. And it's like, okay, if it dies for a few hours and it's cold, they all have bottom brick protect protection. You're okay. Just don't leave them dead in freezing temperatures for too long. That is uh, mm. my recommendation. Yeah. A lot of good advice here. Maybe we need charging stations and greenhouses so that we can keep them all, everyone warm while we're charging as things get colder and colder. Uh, but yeah, great advice. Crazy story. We'll have to see how, I mean, I guess it's just waiting for it to warm up. We'll see. Thank you, Murchie, so much for not only like tweeting about it and going out there, putting yourself out there to check it out, actually, and see it firsthand. And also, of course, for coming onto the podcast. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's an, it's an honor. Thank you so much, guys, for, for this. Of course. And we'll definitely have all your links in the show notes. So everyone, please go check out Murchie and all the cool stuff that he does. Uh, thank you, Ryan and Kyle. Everyone listening, please stay warm, stay, stay safe, and uh, let us know what questions you have about this that we might be able to figure out. Thank you, and we will see you next time on the Out of Spec Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.